And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, well, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering StravaCraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, we do have to talk a little bit of seriousness. We got to talk about a little controversy in Major League Baseball and something that really is a part of this Kevin Mather situation uh, for the Mariners that I think is kind of part of an ongoing problem inside of Major League Baseball. One we've talked about a little bit before, one I've written about before, but uh, it needs updating, and, and, and we need to dive into this a little bit, Patrick. Uh, before we get into that, I did want to say one like quick note because this was going on on social media today, and I wanted to lay this out for people really quickly that, that don't understand. The social media team, the people that run the Twitter for at Rockies are not the communications department uh, they're not the people who decide the public face and statements of the team. They're not the people who respond to inquiry about everything that's wrong, whether it's the state of the team or your parking pass isn't working or the ballpark is in disarray. That has nothing to do with the social media team. Please, please, please leave those poor people alone unless you're just engaging with the social media aspect of it. Uh, that's something unless there's a lot of confusion about today. That, that's a good thing to clear up. I mean, unless you see a tweet that goes out and says, sent from iPad, then maybe you'd have the case and say, you know what? There, there could be some cohesion going on. Right. Otherwise, they are, are two separate entities uh, you you delegate when 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 you're ahead of a of a big business and a company you delegate and and the social media team has their job they know what they're doing they're literally the best in the industry they are one of the finest uh, for any sports teams in the world Dick Monfort front office they don't even talk to those people they say, are aces they're not gonna turn around and run up your comment to like they're they don't have that immediate access to dick monford or jeff Breidich that you or they maybe might hope that they did but shout out to those people for winning the goatee for best damn social media team in the business once again and, and yeah there I, I know there are people saying look man we just want to take out our frustrations right now and they're this they're the public face of the team and it's like no they have a communications department they have a public relations department headed up by Corey little they have um press releases and and you have dick monfort's email if you don't it's not hard to find all that we've talked about all of the impactful and meaningful ways to to show your discomfort or distaste with the team that's just not helpful to anybody so uh, yeah uh speaking of not helpful to anybody will that's right kevin mother said the uh he said the quiet part real loud uh patrick why don't mm. you uh, get us up to speed on on what exactly the now former CEO isn't it great that these guys all have different titles that essentially mean the same thing uh, of the Seattle Mariners? Yeah, well, Kevin Mather uh, joined the Bellevue Breakfast Rotary Club, Bellevue, Washington. Honestly, it's similar to. First of all, <laughs> hilarious is it that that was the, the venue for this? Yeah, amazing. Imagine. Like we, you know, if you're if you're a member of Saber, uh, our Rocky Mountain chapter is fantastic. We've had Zach Rosenthal talk with us the last couple of years, and we get some amazing people in. And sometimes they give us some good tidbits, and uh, sometimes they stay in house, sometimes they go out. But Rockies people with their representatives, they know how to 
speak well and to not say those quiet parts uh, out loud. And yes, I think we can officially, and we might need to have a, a top 10 list, if you will, uh, of, of teams that have uh, that need to do the, the most PR work uh, on their image. The Rockies are no longer number one. Very clearly, the Rockies say what you yeah. will about everything from the for Nolan Arenado deal. The Mariners are very easily moved up to the number one in those uh, those rankings. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you reminded me of the other caveat I want to make before we dive into mm -hmm. this specific conversation. And and people probably saw me address this on social media as well. But please, and and again, I I can only ask of you, resist the temptation to put the incompetence of Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort into the same category as the lack of basic human decency that we saw here from Kevin Mather. I think those things are very importantly different. The only ways in which those two stories are remotely linked, right, is, is kind of how you just said, GMs or, or front office people who are unpopular. That's the only way that they're in the same category. The rest of that, you know, these are, these are different categories and and there's been you know we've seen this whether it's the houston astros and the past couple of years making bad human decisions like it's a different category and right now bad bad look even though they've gotten rid of him there are a lot of guys in that mariners organization going well okay he said it out loud but surely he's not the only one who feels that way if he's been the leader if he's been fostering the culture of this team and we also know he's not the only one in Major League Baseball who feels that way. So there's a lot of people in the community not feeling great about this, Patrick. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talking points uh, to go through of what he said. But the biggest elements uh, for this gentleman, the, the team president, uh, the, the position that we all think will just magically fix all the problems for the Rockies, uh, is the, the comments that he made about a couple foreign-born players. Now, he didn't come right out and say anything racist. They were just very much culturally insensitive. When, when talking about one of uh, the top prospects in all of baseball, Julio Rodriguez, uh, the first thing he says out of his mouth uh, before mentioning the, the, how talented this guy is, he says, his English is not tremendous. And then he goes on to say some other things. Keep yeah. in mind, this is a guy who did have his own YouTube series on the Seattle Mariners feed of YouTube. So his English is actually very good. Last spring, in fact, he was on MLB Network Radio talking with guys and his, his English is fantastic for being, um, you know, a, a, a non-English speaker. It was, it, he's actually very talented, but this is the first thing that uh, Kevin Mather felt yeah. he needed to say to describe Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, that's that's a real bad look. It's you're right. These comments, I feel like they're existing right on that borderline between prejudice and 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 bias and and racist. And I guess those things are you know for everyone to determine for themselves. But what what you touched on there for me was I think the most eye popping part of it was just how completely unnecessary they were. You were asked a question about an incredibly talented young ball player, and I do think that. You know, while his exact phrasing of the words, you could maybe say, oh, he didn't quite mean or do this out of the other. I think it's revealing to your character when that's the first thing you think of. Not, oh, man, his incredible glove work. Oh, he's such a personality. All the guys in the clubhouse love him anywhere you could go with that. And you start with and then that he did the doesn't speak great English thing again later with the or maybe earlier. I'm not exactly sure when it happened with the Japanese pitcher and the translator. And it's like, oh, you clearly you clearly have a, a thing with this. And, and this is something I've heard people say. I've heard other reporters say to me. I've overheard uh, people. Not Nobody with the Rockies Major League coaching staff, I'll say that. But this notion that, like, if a guy doesn't speak absolutely fluent English, that that's a, just this big problem that you have to deal with and overcome on your team. And, and that's a... A revealing and, and unfortunate and unnecessary cultural problem in a in a sport that's so diverse and and it is made so much better by the presence of these extraordinary ball players from all over the world. One of the the things, if if asked about Brendan Rodgers, that we know is he's been hurt 
for the last two seasons. Not his choice. It's not because he's he's soft. If you're injured, you should not be playing on that. But if asked and say, Brendan Rodgers, we see him in camp. Arenado's gone. McMahon moves over to third base. Tell us about Brendan Rodgers. Because that was how that was the prompt for Julio Rodriguez. This guy that Mariners fans are chomping at the bit to see playing at T-Mobile Park. Tell me about Julio Rodriguez. The first thing Kevin Mather said is talking about his English. So you go, hey, tell me about Brendan Rodgers. He's got to learn how to play hurt. He's been banged up, and he hasn't been performing on the field like we would like, you know, due to this lack of, of toughness or something. You go, whoa, what? That's the first thing you're saying? Not true, just like it's not true that Julio Rodriguez not speaking good English. He has very good English. Again, that, he, had a, so he had his own series on so Seattle Mariners feed on YouTube. He had his own series, a talk show, which is yeah. absurd. And so that's obviously not true about Brendan Rodgers. It's part of the of his story so far early on, but we don't want to hear about that. We we know about that. That's what you think. When you think Brendan Rodgers, you immediately think about how he's been injured and how that's somehow his fault. Of course, that would be absurd, and, and that's why you don't hear those things coming out of you know Rocky's camp and why you typically don't see those things out of the 29 ball clubs. But for Seattle Mariners, you're hearing it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know there there have been some issues here and there. You know the we'll talk a little bit because Mather also has some sexual harassment uh, allegations in his past, and you know the Mets just went through a thing, and and you know <clears throat> we'll see. There need to be more investigations into baseball because I doubt it's just the Mariners, but certainly he's the only one brazenly this brazenly just coming out and just saying it, and you're like. And, and Will makes a great, great point here, you know, and, and pointing to my time out in Grand Junction and seeing some of these young guys who oftentimes are taking their first steps in the United States of America. And how does he not realize that the language of baseball crosses that barrier? That's what's so mind boggling to me or anyone in the game. And, and, I, and I'll just say this again to the people I've overheard or the people who treat it like it's a problem that you've got to have a translator. Wouldn't it be so much in, easier if all these guys just spoke English is it's like, then you don't understand the game well enough. If, if that's the problem, if you can't speak to him using the language, the universal language of baseball, Armen Marquez and Tony Walters didn't seem to have any problem, despite the fact that Marquez's English was very, very rough and it's getting better. It's nowhere near the level like we're talking about with the player that Mather's talking about, like Marquez is working on it. But his best bud, apart from you know, they may not be able to share every single story and every single aspect of their lives, but did boy, did those guys speak the language of baseball together? Yeah, so it's it's patently absurd to think that for any of these players that that's something that needs to be brought up. The the other thing that Mather mentioned, Sashi Iwakuma, starting pitcher who just recently retired, he's actually been welcomed back as uh, as an international scout over in Asia, and. Mather went on talking about, you know, he had an interpreter and uh, he said, quote, literally, quote, I'm tired of paying his interpreter, which, by the way, was making $75,000. And then he immediately follows it up by saying he his English uh, immediately improved once I told him that we weren't going to pay for him to have an interpreter. And this is the same organization that broke the mold in many ways with Ichiro Suzuki, uh, the first Japanese position player, first Asian American position player who spoke fantastic English even when he was signed for 2001. But he typically used an interpreter because he right. didn't want to misspeak and say the wrong thing, have something be slightly taken out of context, use the wrong term, whatever it is. It's a comfort thing. You're protecting your guy, you're protecting your player and saying, if you need it, here's someone that can translate your words a little bit better and can almost give you the benefit of the doubt because now, it's going from your native language to this person, and maybe this person is the one who interpreted it wrong. So you're going to get even even better, um, you know, benefit of the doubt. But if you're up there completely on your own without a safety net, that can be really scary, especially when you're talking about you know a, a young high school or rather a teenage player like Julio Rodriguez or just a guy who's in a brand new country for the first time, like in Ichiro Suzuki. So. It's, it's amazing that this would be the one organization that would be so insensitive to that. 
Right. That uh, I saw some people pointing out the irony that the two most important players in their history are Latino and Japanese. Like it's just <laughs> like and the, that that you would, yeah, absolutely mind-boggling that that this is going on. And then of course the other really gross undertone of the entire thing, which is how proud he was of saving money. The whole thing just about how low their payroll is, and they're glad they don't have to pay these guys. You said making a big deal out of cutting $75,000 off the books for a translator. Like, cheapo, cheapo stuff, man. And Oh, and the the service clock manipulation. I knew you'd have some thoughts on that. Like, we know that's just kind of one of those things that happens, but you're still not supposed to just come out and say it. And this could make CBA negotiations, like, Oh, man, the union just heard that and went, oh, I'm sorry, what now? Yeah, the con- most of the comments outside of that uh, were essentially, they were the comments that most people already know. Like, I think we're aware about how front offices work and how they operate. And these aren't these grand conspiracy theories that you go, well, that's ridiculous. Like, this isn't QAnon. Like, this is this is stuff that there's been rumors that have come out here and there. And so we've seen it, but again, it's coming out publicly to talk about these things and 100% without a shadow of a doubt, confirming all the things we thought we, we already knew. And that's the thing that, and again, I, I don't want to make this about the Rockies, but this is true of just all teams. Anywhere that you can save certain money, you're going to do it. And this, that was what, that was the other piece that was ugly, much less ugly than his comments about the foreign born players. But it was just ugly how proud he was in saving money to this group of people that were fans. This isn't, you know, the GM meetings. This isn't even the winter meetings where you pull guys aside and go, look, here's how we're saving money. I mean, the the GMs and and owners, they used to have a a physical belt, like a like a, a championship belt that they would give away each year. I think it was based on uh how much money you spent per wins above replacement. And whoever, you know, uh, were, was the most frugal would, would win that belt. And they had to do away with that, I think, last year because eventually it got enough bad press of, like, you're rewarding and awarding these guys for being cheap and knowingly trying to pay players less. And so these are all things that we, we knew were going on, and, and it, this just confirms it. And it takes it to another level because – there's a big difference between being 99% sure and being 100% sure. Yep. And now we know for sure how gross that business side can be. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was, it was like our conversation a, a few days ago or maybe last week about uh, you know, calling people liars and where do you draw that line and, and me being like, I, <clears throat> I need that 100%. You're like, right. dude, we're at 98. I'm like, I know. but i need that hundo to call someone like and 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 this is the dude giving me that and you were like that almost never happens i was like i know and then kevin mother's like i'm gonna give you the hundo baby uh i'm gonna remove all doubt all doubt what's now it's not even about benefit of the doubt now we he just said it he just literally said and i'm with wild the innocent i thought the grossest part of that was when and again, we know the Rockies took care of their employees for the most part. They always do, you know, yeah. They, they, they really do. And when he talked about making just the normal employees of the ballpark park blocks away, and when he bragged about how expensive the parking was just right across the street and making people park in an unsafe neighborhood because it was cheaper, that's... That's, that's the piece, is that it's unsafe. Because yeah, you would understand man. it. Again, if there's limited capacity... You again, you know, parking is 30, 40, 50. I mean, I went, I went to a Cubs game at Wrigley Field close to 15 years ago and paid $50 for parking. And it was literally like you had to wait for the people behind. It was literally a, a little square lot right in center field where you're just you're going bumper to bumper and you're packing as many in and you can't leave until the people behind you are gone. And that was 50 bucks. And you get it. That's just business. But it's the fact that, again, yeah, unsafe neighborhoods. They had to hire a security. There was a security personnel walking with these people, uh, a, a Pinkerton security guard with 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 an arm on them. I don't know. Hey, who knows? I, I don't know the specifics of it. But yeah, it was a deep cut. Um, but yeah, that, that that's that's gross. And again, you maybe you understand that. Maybe you have to do business that way. 
you do not brag about it. You you essentially are like, it sucks, but unfortunately, this is how you have to run a business to a degree, right? Or you don't have to. You 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 could you know maybe make less money, um, or you go you know what pros and cons. They're going to be safe. It's yes, it's not the best neighborhood, but as long as somebody's there to walk with these people and it's in a group, or they we take a van and we drop them off, whatever it is, eh, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. He's bragging and saying, "Look how great we are." You're not look great. How, You're yeah, not great. Look, look how much money we saved by doing this. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's that was. That part was really, really bizarre and and disconcerting to me. You don't want that's not how you want to save money. You want to save money by like buying beef from Hassle Cattle Company, Wagyu beef, get better beef, less money, especially when you're taking care of those promotions. I'm not sure I've explained this part of it. Well, somebody asked me because they went and got a whole bunch of beef and they were like, man, it's great. I love it. Everything. Again, the challenge still stands. Let me know if it's if it doesn't meet or surpass your expectations. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, But someone was saying. You know, I, I got the order and I was expecting, you know, a, a thing w- like a like a pamphlet or something with the promotions to come in. And it's like, ah, yes, 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 yes. Forgot because they, they got a big box of stuff. If you go in, here's here's what you do. Here's the life hack. You go into Hassle Cattle Company, H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. And you go in and you, you, you put a couple of just small things, whatever you like, a little ground chuck, a little ground beef, uh, one small thing in your shopping cart. And they'll boom, they'll throw at you whatever's on sale right that moment. They'll start hitting you up with stuff. And then you just add as much of that as you can into your cart or however much you want to buy there. You use promo code DNVR10, you'll save 10% off. Again, can't go wrong with Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company. Eat great for a week, two weeks, or more rather than paying for overpriced parking. I mean, come on. <laughs> come Same. on, really? Same. Yeah, <laughs> park it. Three Seattle Mariners games, or you can order over two hundred dollars of Hassle Cattle Company beef and get yourself some uh, free shipping. There you go. Park at the DNVR bar. You know, do a little pregame walk a mile, maybe you'll you'll burn those calories off. But think of all the money you'll save for Hassle Cattle Company. All these things tie together. One hundred percent. And then you'll have plenty of money to go check out the Colorado XOs, Rugby Town USA, right here in Glendale, Colorado coming from all backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field, athletes possessing all the skills necessary to excel in the game of rugby. Many of them have uh, you guys have probably heard of. Uh, where was Glenn Big Dog Robinson? Uh, there, there, there's going to be so many fun people out there doing it. Uh, the first two matches scheduled for a live stream on April 3rd and 10th. So mark your calendars. Get all caught up with Colton Strickler on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Follow him on Twitter. You're not going to want to get left behind. Basically, consider that the start, right? We all love binge-watching shows these days. My Marvel and Star Wars people out there, like one of the great things, you can just get in from that first episode. It feels so much better. Uh, consider this your first episode of Rugby Fandom. It, this is a great, great place to start it with these two matches. Again, April 3rd and 10th. Mark those calendars. Get set up with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Good stuff. Because if, if you can't get tickets for the Rockies on opening weekend, you can go to Colorado XOs. And this is why you don't fast forward the ad reads because I just learned Marvel and Star Wars are apparently, using my context clues from Drew's sentence, different things. <laughs> yes? Do I have that right? Though the, Technically, well. Technically. But wait, also wait, the okay. same thing. Let's, 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 let's drop the curtain here. Obviously, I know they're different. There's a way that they're kind of the same? Well, yeah, now, because they're, they're both owned by Disney. Oh, okay, but... but and... A big part of Marvel is multiverse stuff, being able to travel and there being multiple dimensions. So it's very easy. When that uh, merger first happened, actually a lot of people were wondering, does that mean that now Princess Leah from Star Wars is a Disney princess? Who? The other, it's, her name is Leah. It's Princess Whoa. Leah. That's I just thing. opened up a can of worms there. That, I heard it. Whole, uh, yeah, you I heard, heard yeah, it. You heard that whole thing. Princess <laughs> Leia is how what it's become. But in the original movie, it, her name is Princess Leah. I don't know why we all just decided to. New like Hope, she, he, they say Leah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Mandela effect that out of our head. And the other the other Mandela effect in that is 
there is no line, Luke, I am your father. That he never says that. It's, no. Right. He says, I'm Who's your daddy. daddy? Who is your daddy? All right. So they're not literally linked, but they could someday. They probably will be. Interesting. There's both of those teams like money. And we'll <laughs> we'll see if maybe, you know, uh, next year. Mr. Kyle Seeger will be linked with the Colorado Rockies as what was that? One of the things, you know, he, he calls him overpaid, but he calls him a leader. And why? Basically, eh, we're not going to be picking up his con. You go, yeah, we we understand when there's team options for a guy who's making a lot of money and you know isn't isn't valued at at what he's previously been at. You get it, but don't leave a guy who's going to enter your team hall of fame at some point just just hanging like that it's it, it doesn't look good we we talk a lot on this show about how jeff breidich plays it almost not even almost just too close to the vest right like he even after brian shaw and jake mcgee were gone he still refused to call those guys out for underperforming to the contracts that they signed right he just won't call out his players at all he refuses to you know even during the nolan Arenado stuff he was like i'm not going to speak for nolan he's like he's on the other team now what do you think was wrong with the relationship i'm not going to speak for him and then you've got the complete opposite side of it where even if you believe a guy is overpaid or if you think he's been a little bit of a a difficult person to deal with he's been a problem in the clubhouse whatever you don't say it certainly not like this and when you don't have to uh when he's still on your team he's still got to play out this year and yeah you this is actually heartbreaking because again it brings you back to remembering there's a human side to this they're not just numbers on a spreadsheet and julie seeger kyle's wife tweeting out so should we just put our house in seattle on the market now or that's just such a, a great response it's like well, this is new news to me. Like, it's it's just unfathomable how this guy could go and and put his foot in his in his mouth. And you know, the the one thing that he said, which again, you know, is true, is he talked about free agency and how they haven't really moved too much. And this is something that I, I figured the Rockies would be doing, and it's a smart strategy for any you know smaller market club. He says, well, there's over 180 free agents, so we're just going to sit back. And just wait and see what happens. And guys are going to come in, their hat in hand, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I was thinking about that today. Mitch Moreland signed his one-year deal worth $2.25 million contract. Mitch Moreland, CJ Crone, what's the difference? Well, guaranteed money. Rockies aren't guaranteeing any money to CJ Crone. He's got to earn his spot yep. for first base. So, yeah, that's that's smart. You understand it. You'd rather... You keep Nolan Arenado, you move McMahon to first. You'd rather all of those <laughs> sure, things, sure, obviously. Sure, sure. But right. again, you can kind of see how some teams are operating. We're yeah. still going on. We're approaching the 800th day uh, since the Rockies actually signed a real major league. I've already had my six-plus years of service time, free agent, Daniel Murphy. Your tweet about wow. that showed up in another article I was reading. I, I wish I could remember oh, really? where it was. Yeah, I was, just, I was reading. I was just reading up on some Rocky stuff this morning, and you know, I was going through. I was like, "Hey, I know that guy." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they were they were just talking about that point about how long it's been since the Rockies have have signed a free agent. I think they were yeah. the only team last off season. There were one yeah. or two that waited a, a while to kind of do something, and they're the only team this year, you know, to not do anything. Again, they're making really good shrewd moves. Yeah, these non-roster deals are great. Tyler yeah. Kinley picking him up as, hey, yeah. he's a major league guy. He was waived. Jose Mujica. But if we're just talking bona fide, all right, hey, this guy's 29, 30 years old. This is his first bite at the apple. He's a free agent. Finally, I can negotiate with other teams. Nothing from those guys. But yeah, is what it is. There's an interesting, probably longer conversation to, to be had about whether or not it's a great idea to be signing those types of guys. Not right now. Anyway. Yeah, certainly. Yes, right now. This nope. offseason, no, thank not you. at all. Last offseason, one or two of those guys could have could have helped make a difference. Um, and, and yeah. you know, I uh, even I think some of the most cynical people about the Rockies would believe that. But it's yeah, this, this offseason, you know, the, this talking point means far less to me about them having not brought in any major right. league guys. It's like, Agreed. I don't want them to actually. CJ Crone is 
<clears throat> like the top experience level and and like you said because he doesn't have a guaranteed spot you can find out if he's got it if he doesn't have it you're not married to him you can go right to josh fuentes or whoever else you think is ready um whereas if you did bring in a mitch Moreland, you're like now oh, we got to play this guy and we just took a team from 67 wins to 70 wins <laughs> way to go <laughs> this here here's the quote from dnvr podcast dnvr rockies podcast this is from both of us rockies just signed a free agent no 85 right. <laughs> exclamation points. You will never hear that again. I mean, right. Probably, probably next off season. We, we might not even say we'll, we'll be in a different spot. We'll know. Hey, McMahon's got third base lockdown. No doubt. Hilliard locked in thing. at center field. We want to know these things. That's yeah. exactly like, I even no thought about it at catcher before I was like, ah, well, maybe a veteran catcher would be nice. And then I look at the two guys. I saw Thomas Harding did his write up, kind of projecting the lineup, getting into spring training, doing thing. Elias Diaz, Dom Nunez. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to find out. And if they can't go, then we'll know. And they'll lose 100 games as opposed to the 95 if, if none of the young guys can play. And we can move on from there and figure it out and build around the one or two that, that do hit. But, yep. yeah, let's find out. The other thing that Kevin Mather said that was pretty big and, you know, could this lead to some grievances filed by the Players Association? I don't know. Again, it's something we've long suspected. Not even suspected. You just, you just know it. It's service time, manipulating the service mm. time clock. So how it works is a player has been a major leaguer for a year if they're on a major league roster for, I believe the number is 182 days. And uh, I forget how long the, the actual major league season is considered, but it's 182 days. So essentially what you need to do is um, you can bring a guy up somewhere around you know, April 15th, whatever it is exactly, and plays the rest of the season. He doesn't miss a game after you call him up in mid-April. Guess what? You still have him for six years, right? Because we think you have a guy for six years before he reaches free agency. Well, that's six years of service time. So if you've got a guy that, that exact day that gives him one day less than a year, he does not have a year. So you could have guys that will, you'll go, wait a minute. I, he he made his debut seven years ago, and how come he's only becoming a free agent right now? Well, because when he entered the, that season, he had essentially 5.99 days of service time. So if you don't have six years of service time, you're not a free agent. This is also known as the Chris Bryant story. 100%. He hates the Chicago Cubs now, despite the fact that they won a World Series and broke a 100-year curse together. Uh, the fact of the matter is they patently manipulated his service time so that they could keep him longer and pay him less and artificially suppress his both money and power inside the game of baseball. So maybe past the point where the money ball mind mathematic game that we all play would make it so that it doesn't make sense to pay him now anymore. He's too old. And it's just uh, he's one of the guys that's gotten caught up in this ridiculousness as bad as anybody again i guess to the rockies credit on the human side and <laughs> this is how it's all coming down on this podcast giving the rockies credit on the human side but losing the competitiveness on the baseball side had they played this game this manipulation game with trevor story in 2016 and brought him up a month later rather than when they did yes we would have been robbed of a magical Trevor Story rookie season, or at least parts of it, but the Rockies would have an extra year of control. He would not be becoming a free agent at the end of this season. He would be becoming a free agent at the end of next season, giving the Rockies a little more time to find out if Rodgers or McMahon or Hilliard or Hampson or, or any of these guys can go, Jonathan Daza. And we, you know, we just don't know yet. And so it's like, that's, again, they didn't screw Trevor's story and piss him off, so that's good. Uh, but maybe they didn't play the business side of it right. It's a that's a tough. That's and I a think tough they one, did because most of the guys that that service gets manipulated are for more the uh, surefire prospects. Where you're like, I already know, I, I'm going to put money on it. This Chris guy's going to be a superstar. And again, yeah, Trevor's story. You know, he didn't come out of out of nowhere, but he was not a highly regarded big time prospect. And it was like, Hey, if we have a really good ball player here that maybe makes the all-star team 
once or twice. I mean, that's great. Yeah, we'll be bummed that we don't get to keep him for that extra year, but you know, we don't we don't want to stunt his growth. We don't want Christian Adamas at shortstop. Let's go forward right. with it. We think right. we've got something, and they were right because right after 2016, you got back-to-back postseasons. So, you know, Padres did it with Fernando Tatis. They go, he's only 20. Doesn't matter. Yeah, if, if we if we play him on opening day, that means we're not going to have control over him in his year 26 season. But you know what? We'll we'll take those chances. They made it. They made it work for him. So yeah, um, that's it's, one way it's, to avoid that problem for sure. The 14 year. So he goes right out and, and says that. Yeah. You know, he yeah. says that about Jared Kelnick. They're one of their yep. top prospects. Logan Gilbert, a great uh, pitcher. Oh. He just blatantly says it. No one has ever actually said it. Hey, they, we're not going to see this guy yeah. until you know mid or late April. No matter what they do in spring training, Chris right. Bryant in 2015, uh. that was my first year going to Arizona. First game, my father and I were going to go see nine games in seven days. Yes. Nine games in seven days in spring training. Spring training is the best. Driving into Mesa and on the radio that day. It was a Monday morning. And they said, no, Chris Bryant was sent down to AAA camp. He was the best player in the Cubs camp that year. They waited to bring him up. Best player in spring training. Spring year. training <laughs> didn't matter. Played 151 games, so they they crossed out nine games. Still was rookie of the year, MVP the next season. This this is how, how the business works. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, and and I think again we mention it when we can because we want you all to be prepared. Uh, because a lot of times baseball fans. You, you want, and I do too, we all do. You want to think about who's throwing today, who's at second, uh, you know, who's going to be the first guy out of the pen. What, what's Buddy thinking about this matchup? How's the, who, who's the other team throwing today? Those are the, we love having those conversations and you forget that this collective bargaining agreement and all the rules that run the game are, are a major part of it. And this could... This is going to be very tough for the owners to to argue against when the next CBA comes up. And these are highlighting now um, some of the big problems in the game that maybe not the casual fan didn't know about as much with this Mathers stuff, I think, and, and a few other things that have happened. It's going to just get uglier and uglier, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's gross. You know, the, the one thing he did say that I liked, it was probably the one thing that I liked and you know, some people aren't, aren't going to be fans of, of this comment because it's going to throw a little shade at the Rockies. But he did talk about at the alternate site in Tacoma. There, you know, he said, "Hey, we're not going to call these young prospects up." But we realized this is our only opportunity to have these guys get some real coaching experience. Let's bring them in and let's just treat it like it's our AAA and our best prospects, so we can have our top major league coaches have eyes on these guys. And so, obviously, I don't like the fact that. Those guys weren't going to get any opportunity at all, no matter how well they played or how much it was needed at the big league level. I do like that create the creative side. And I don't even think it was that creative because I thought from the get-go, the Rockies should have had more of their young guys up at Metro State. As it were, they brought guys there. I, I mean, again, they thought they were contending. I get it. They acquired players at the at the trade deadline and gave away a couple prospects. All right. Uh, you know, maybe had, they, had things gone differently, they would have made the playoffs, or maybe they wouldn't even bother to acquire guys. But they would have had an opportunity to maybe give some of these young guys that that one-on-one experience at uh, you know Metro State University at the alternate site, rather than you know waste time on some guys that they did. I, they didn't know it was going to be a waste, right? You, maybe you do need West yeah. Parsons, you know. Maybe you do need um, a Joe Harvey, exactly. But you know, yeah, probably not. But that but, was that was my gripe with with how the Rockies same. approached yeah. the, the alternate site. Yeah, and and obviously, as as people know, I'm you know less in the I I, I liked the trades at the time, and and I did too. I, like, I did like, too. You know, um, I, I liked them going for it there, but certainly not the the keeping the Joe Harveys of the world and and those kind of. 29 year old relief pitchers who you think maybe in a pinch if we need to call them up and it's like at the expense of getting some of these other guys experience i'm with you there like just bad call you know what they need patrick those guys need an education that's what those young players need you got to get yourself an education now if you're not getting yourself a minor league baseball education the next best you can do 
get yourself an education at msudenver.edu slash online. You got to love the classes and courses and teachers and the expertise and digital education. They know what they're doing down there at MSU Denver, not just figuring this out for the first time. Uh, especially, you know, if you're just trying to pick up an extra skill, you just want to take a class in something, go search for it. They got all kinds of stuff in your life that might just help you, I don't know, fix things around the house better. Some, they got that kind of stuff. Maybe you just want to learn about a subject you've always been curious about, uh, whether it's pragmatic, like a lot of people out there want to do, or the stuff that I like to do, which is just make my theoretical brain grow bigger. No, my brain's not theoretical. The part of my brain that carries the theoretical stuff. See, <laughs> you got to get your education at MSU Denver so you know how to make distinctions between those kinds of things. Go to msudenver.edu slash online. And uh, I actually don't think they're doing the, the free application thing anymore, unfortunately. I'll have to double check with that. But do go and check it out just in case. I highly, 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 highly recommend to someone who's taken a few courses there. MSU Denver, they know what's up. The Roadrunners. Running all over that road. True. Your segue was very solid. And then. However, <laughs> we were literally talking about Metro State University. <laughs> it's like, well, if you are looking. Uh, <laughs> like, it was right there. It was right there. I know. That'll probably be the only time we really just bring up the alternate site in, in that capacity right before a read. That was sweet. I know. I was like, oh, well, I'm on with the other one. I, I, it's like you take the fastball right down the middle and you just look at that pitch and then you get that slider low and away and you just hit it into the other gap for a double. You did a layup and it was like, dude, you're known for your dunking. Like yeah. Vince Carter, what do you just no layups off the backboard? Come on, dunk it. <laughs> right. Pass <laughs> it to yourself off the backboard and then lay up. Oh boy. All right. Did we cover everything that, that Kevin Mather said? It was um, a lot. For the most part, you know, he, he did talk about his TV deal, which, again, if you're looking at it from a Rockies perspective, hurt a little bit. He says, hey, we punch above our weight. And he's, quote, we've had a lot. We got a lot more than other markets of a similar size. Ooh, with Root yeah. Sports, too. Not with AT&T Sports, but Root. Oh. Root. I know. I had been a while since I had heard Root. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was frustrating. But, again, it's like. Yeah, well, you gave that away, didn't you? <laughs> like, yeah, it's <laughs> not gonna happen next time. Uh, so, you know, you basically just told the TV people that you think you're getting way better end of the deal. So next time you gotta go to the bargaining table, that's not gonna happen for you. But yeah, that's something I, I think again that the casual baseball fan doesn't think about a whole lot. That right. is problematic for the Rockies and the details are fuzzy and it's difficult to figure out all of it sometimes, but their, their TV deal is not one where uh, the Rockies get the better end of it. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that one definitely hurt <laughs> from a Rockies fan perspective. You're like, man, really, this guy's just out here just screwing over everybody and being like, Oh, and also <clears throat> the, the, you know, <sighs> The Rockies have been so unfortunate, and I'm, again, 95% sure it's no fault of their own. But the, the thing we've learned this offseason is they, they can no longer be given the benefit of the doubt. So you talk about money, and you talk about the TV deal, and you think, how much money are the Rockies getting for the naming rights? And for anyone, you know, first-time listener to the show or just don't actually know, they get nothing every year. Till the end of time until they build a new stadium in commerce city put it put a yes put a pin in this one uh, in 30 years from now if and when it happens right and they build a new stadium. but and again I, I it's not necessarily their fault it, it came during a time when this was negotiated with cores um where that that wasn't a big deal the naming rights thing wasn't what it became to be and yeah we know there's a couple teams at dodger stadium yankee stadium wrigley field like they just they're going to keep those names forever, and so they're not going to bring in any money. They're also not hurting for money. Um, you know, the Brewers recently just changed Miller Park. It's not actually going to be called Miller Park now. Everyone will probably still call it that for at least the next decade. But because of uh, you know the 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 deal that they signed, 
they're going to you know, probably be bringing in close to $100 million. Uh, the details haven't really been put out there yet. They had $40 million when Mill- from Miller when it was first built. So, man, it would be great if the Rockies could have more influx of money. But it's not it, – it's just – again, you think about the business side of things. wasn't necessarily their fault, unfortunately. And, and they're not going to be making any money off of it ever again. If you're looking for a bright side to that story, it's – well, it's not really related to that, but if there, there is one thing. There was a great expose in the Denver Post recently. It wasn't Patrick Saunders. I wish I could remember who it was. Not, not one of the regular guys uh, who's, who's down at the ballpark, but writing about McGregor Square. And once yeah. that opens, and actually that will be a nice little source of revenue. True. It's funny how many people have thought about that as this big like negative, like, oh, they traded Nolan so they could build McGregor Square, which is just not true at all. The funds for building it came from a completely different fund and there's a different ownership group and taxes and all these fun adult things that city councils are for Um, but then they are going to make a great deal of revenue in terms of you know charging rent for the condos and the businesses and and all the people now it's going to take a little while before that really starts to rake stuff in obviously with the pandemic going on and and they're not going to be able to fill it up. But go check out that uh, article in the Denver Post. They, they go into some of the details there. And it's, uh, first of all, it sounds like it's going to be really cool. We've talked about that. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be so cool. Uh, but, yeah, that's maybe one way they can make up for the line. It's a very good way. Of naming rights because they got to find ways like that. they got to find those kinds of creative things. So, again, I, I would behoove anyone listening to try not to make McGregor Square into a negative thing for the from the Rockets' perspective, is like it's actually you know be a great thing. It's it's the kind of thing they they need to be doing to generate revenue. And 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 this it all ties in. It all ties in about treating people, you know, uh, prioritizing money over other things. It's not called, and it would be great if it was called Breck Brew Square. It's not. Sure. It's named after Kelly McGregor, the team's last team president, who tragically passed away and in an opportunity when you could have branded, you know, the, the name of everything, all of opportunities to brand other things. And they've got new restaurants going in there and all that other stuff. They said, well, well, what do we want to call it? No, we don't want to, we don't want money from these corporations. We want to name it after someone that we value in this organization. And that is a part of our family, Kelly McGregor. And that's, again, that, that, that ties it all up. Kevin Mather and the Mariners and you know, mistreatment of people or, or how he treats people and the, the pride he has with which he treats those people and the way the Rockies do business. And for better or worse, love it or hate it, they treat people like people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's why I, I do think it's really important to to keep those things separate. And remember, there are some really not great people out there in, in the game of baseball. And so when people say to me things like, and, and this is part of why, you know, because uh, every once in a while I'll hear Jeff Breidich is the worst GM in all of pro sports or Dick Monfort's the worst owner in all of pro sports. And I'm not going to demand everyone put the caveat in there of when it comes to competitively winning at their, you know, I, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt that that's what they mean. Um, but I do think it's worth reminding ourselves regularly that no, they're they're not. Certainly not when it comes to the the human side of it. Maybe on the competitive side of it, you can make your case. But, um, you know, I, I'm I. People tell me a lot of things. Uh, been, been there, this will be year seven, year eight now. I think doing this right. And so, when you meet people down at the DNVR bar or family of family or. Uh, you know, just random people and they know what you do. If they've met Jeff Breidich or Dick Monfort, or they know someone who's met Jeff Breidich or Dick Monfort and they want to tell you a story, they will. And, (laughs) you know, we, I've heard all kinds of stuff about Dick Monfort. I've heard plenty of things that I'm not going to repeat on this podcast for several reasons. One, I can't confirm them. That's the biggest reason you can't be sure they're true, but they would, they would be very embarrassing if I repeated some of these things, some of which, don't necessarily sound totally out of character for either of them. People tell me embarrassing stories about these guys. I have never once been told a story that either of them has treated somebody like they were less than because of who they are. Breidich has a reputation for being kind of an arrogant, difficult to deal with person. 
absolutely. And there are people who don't like him. But I've, I've never had one person say he said a borderline sexist or racist thing to me or, or did something out of spite to get somebody fired. That's a thing that I know goes on. Stuff like that. Um, you know, we, we know about the Mets uh, assistant GM who drove that female reporter out of the game with his persistent sort of sexual harassment. So you can't know people are totally clean for sure. We don't know what these guys get up to in their private lives. But uh, I just wanted to, to put that out there as well, that of, of all the things I've been told over this coming up to nearly a decade of covering the team, whether it's people who've been covering them for much longer than I am, who've been around forever, or, you know, whoever it is, I have never heard a single complaint along those lines. And I, I think there's something to be said for that. Absolutely is. A very eloquent, well put. It's, it's definitely a, a piece to be reminded of because fans think about the on-field thing. And, and you're right. And they go, oh, worst owner in sports. If we're talking on-field, sure, that's, that's, that's plenty. But when you see what other owners do, whether they're successful, you know, on the field, what they're doing behind the scenes is way worse. Like I, I'm sure there's plenty of teams that would trade away a championship just for somebody else to not have had some kind of tragic experience, um, you know, because of them and, and things of that nature. It's, it's, it's just awful. We're, we're human beings trying to, trying to just get by and, and, and live our lives. And, and Kevin Mather, coincidentally enough, Maybe it's not a coincidence, um, but he was actually the subject of, of two workplace complaints. You kind of alluded to that earlier um, for some some young ladies that you know were, were compensated an, an undisclosed sum. Of course, they left the organization where, as Kevin Mather was retained and promoted. Yeah, this is the kind of thing you know. This is what we're uh, we're trying to get better at as a society. It's a societal thing that we got to get better at. And yeah, it means that there's going to be some people that, you know, have to do a lot better after, you know, living 40, 50, 60 years of not having to worry about what they say and not have to check themselves, but uh, they should, and they, uh, they should be made to do so. Maybe that's, maybe that's what being woke is. I don't know. I, I think it is, but bottom <laughs> line is we can all do better and just, just treat people like you want to be treated. Yeah, that, that's what it that's is. It. It's it's the golden rule. It's it's like you yeah. said that it's being a human being and recognizing that these are all human interactions. And uh, I, Je Jeff Bright is trying to say some stuff about that during the press conference when Nolan got traded. <laughs> and he just did not articulate it well. No, and it just wasn't the place for the point. But I a human experience. Yeah, he just he was fumbling that ball. You know, you know, when when you're watching a football game and someone fumbles it, picks it back up, fumbles it. He's like, oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. Oh, let me jump on it. Still don't have it. Right. Uh, that's that, that's the next shirt. Something with Coors Field. It just says the human experience. Like the that's, human experience. That's the whole thing. And before we finish up, too, shout out to a Colorado kid, Marco Gonzalez. This was one of the cooler things that yeah. you heard from it. Again, shouldn't be telling these tales. Um, especially because, you know, he basically makes it pretty clear that there was this other player who was traded away to this team. And you go, okay, we it's pretty easy pretty easy to figure out who's being talked. It would be like you say transaction section on baseball reference, dude. Yeah. Like it, Drew, if you shared a story of like, you know, one of my first times in the clubhouse and around twenty fourteen, there was a infielder traded to toronto right. you know went on to play a few more years before retiring i'm not gonna name his name i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you who i don't want to blow up anybody's spots you know they misspelled his name once on a t-shirt giveaway but i'm not gonna you know I, we know we know who you're talking about it really was like that right it, it was it, it but, really but was. ultimately the, the point was hey marco gonzalez colorado uh state uh or no he's, he's from fort collins i should say yeah. uh but colorado uh uh fort collins product there who uh, came from the Cardinals organization, actually made his major league debut in right. 2014 at Coors Field, which was an awesome story. I think he had a double uh, in one of his at-bats. So uh, he, right. as a young player in that organization, basically took this veteran pitcher, pulled him aside and said, dude, that was not cool how you talk to that you know, bullpen coach. Like that, That's not acceptable. So that was probably the, the most and best silver lining uh, of the, of that entire speech from Kevin Mathers. Hey, Marco Gonzalez was a young leader, Colorado product, props. A guy, hey, that's another guy you could root for. If you need an AL hey. team, 
Well, if you need an AL team, you still might not want to root for the Mariners, but you can root for Marcus. about time to hop on the Mariners bandwagon. Yeah. Although it's, it sucks. Again, that's another team that has a very similar problem to what the Rockies do right now, where there's a bunch of young, exciting players, totally unknown. Very exciting. They, they, yeah. They could have a great future, but it's like, yeah, how do you support the organization right this moment? That's. And do they have leadership problems? Because they're both in search of that first World Series. The Mariners haven't even been to the World Series. Right. When was the last time the Mariners were in the postseason? I think it was 2000 when they won Goodness 112 gracious. games with Ichiro and it just took the American League by storm and then got knocked out. So they, and they, they only made their, their first playoff appearance was in like 95. So I think they've only made the playoffs four or five times. They won the they won the West, one wild card. But again, we're talking we're approaching uh, forty years, or it's over forty years, forty four years that they've been in business, and they're still searching for it. And they've had different owners. Nintendo has owned them. Different guy. While the innocent asks, um, yes, Kevin Mather does own uh, you know partial stake in the team. You probably won't necessarily have to sell it. But you go, uh, what's going so on with the leadership? Nintendo. After fifty years. You go, is there something going on with the leadership? Yeah. yeah. Uh, cl clearly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and cut it off there. Thank you all for hanging out with us for this one. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Let us know if you've got further thoughts on the subject, if there's any angle on it that we missed here, uh, breaking it down today. It is a... Uh, one of those unfortunate things, but we do have to talk about it because it, it impacts the game. And so it, it's and, and it's something we all got to get better at, like you said, Patrick. So the the silver lining is he has stepped down. And, and so hopefully we can start taking some steps toward healing there. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And take steps <laughs> towards having fun because we're getting yeah, back to it. We're going to have some right. more fun this week. Yeah, there's going to be baseball. They're going to actually start. I mean, they're throwing next Monday. Around. But next Monday is a game next Monday. No Sunday next Sunday. That's right. This Sunday, so we'll, this, <laughs> this very next Sunday, 28th. Uh, that'll be good. What are we? Oh, we're doing a, so DFA show is coming up. We're going to be doing hot takes for you. You don't want to miss that scorching hot takes. Bring your own right Four four oh five PM on the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube, hit the bell icon, join us there live, and bring your hot takes for the season. Rockies and non-Rockies, all kinds of stuff. And, and Return of the Mac. Think outside the box. Return yeah. of the Mac. Michaela E. Perkins is coming back. We're going to see about her hot takes on Bell and Sebastian. Um, <laughs> oh, we got to... I'm trying to think of some obscure of, musical acts or movies. Say, we got it. Well, oh, Captain okay. Corelli's mandolin. What did you think of the book? What did you think of the adaptation? Nick Cage. <laughs> Amazing. Can you imagine? <laughs> we'll throw a couple music ones at her just for fun. Well, now we have to. Yeah. Just well, maybe we'll put it like a movie poster and go. Do you know this movie? Do you know? And if she says yeah, you go okay. Describe it, please. Right. Uh, just show her uh, like a picture of robert redford like do you know who this person is <laughs> <laughs> university of colorado well robert until redford. he was kicked yeah. out yeah that's right for being okay, so you do know that's his right. two daughters did graduate okay yeah that's from right. CU Boulder. he worked yeah. as a uh uh janitor at the sink did you know that no see yes. i threw out the robert redford cu trivia you want to come at me dog over me with you want to come at me he did not graduate from there and he also played baseball did you know that which may explain why he looked so natural in the movie what was the movie? a league of their own that's right oh and on that note thank you all for putting up with us we really do appreciate you make sure you're following on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies, and give at Michaela E. Perkins a follow. Let her know how excited you are to see her on the show and to talk about hot takes for the DFA show on Wednesday. Subscribe to the DNVR.com so you get all of that written content, plus discounts on hats, shirts, masks, bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar, and access to our private Discord chat room where you can talk about anything and everything under the sun, whether it's sports, movies, television, what you 
cooking in the oven, what you're hiking around and seeing, sharing your photography, whatever it is. We want to keep the community going. Just because the show is over doesn't mean the party has to stop. If you're subscribed to the DNVR.com, the party goes 24-7. Come hang out with us. It's a whole lot of fun. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We hope you will continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.